0: praise and hallelujah hallelujah let's give him another hand praise praise and worship team amen thank you lord we're getting ready for the word we're getting ready to be blessed hallelujah you know the scripture in second timothy three sixteen remind us that all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete. Early equipped for every good work. Right now, we're getting ready for our brother, Elder Mac, Elder Mack Elwee, bringing the word He's anointed, have a good heart, and very knowledgeable of the word, amen, and he loves the Lord, amen, he loves the Lord, he seeks after him, amen, he stays thirsty for him, and so right now, I want to bring forth to you, Elder McElwee, let's receive him with a hearty amen. Amen.
1: Amen, when y'all look to me Amen, look to the Lord with me Righteous Father God, I want to say thank you Father God, you know I want to move me out of the way all the time I just want you to get the glory out of this message Father God, so I can feed or minister, serve the saints Father God i want to serve you foremost man. use me in this area i ask that through this message we' be strengthened encouraged confident have some confidence to move on father god in our walk with you lord i ask this in jesus name Say amen we are not remember that song brother ashamed you can be of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is God's power of salvation shine to everyone, everyone that we see, and it's to everyone. Everyone that receives this, for we have, we will have everlasting life. We are not ashamed, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for we'll
0: have
1: everlasting life. That's the title of my message. I am not, amen, make it personal of shame, and you can make it personal as well of the gospel. I and mean, when looking at Romans 1 16 and 17, there, amen. I believe everybody, amen, saved, has a testimony. Can you agree with me? In regards to their own individual, own individual call to salvation. Amen. You might not know the particular date. I don't know. You might have wrote it down. I didn't write mine down, but I know it was right around this time in the winter that I did come to the Lord over 40 years ago. Amen. I remember, amen, at the close of Sunday school, something kind of prompted me, amen, in regards to the name of Jesus. That prompted me because I can reminisce on my grandma. I can reminisce how she took us to vacation Bible school in the summertime because that's when we went down there in the prayer hands and this and that. Amen. I remember all of that. Amen. And something struck me when the invitation 40 years ago, and that seat right there, Sister Lester, where you were sitting, I might have been the one behind you. Me and Elder Williamson were sitting together. And Deacon Christmas said something that really put me uh, in thought of what my grandmother had did. And I can remember, we went to church every two weeks, like, you know, down south. And I can remember, amen, uh, deacon christmas saying jesus jesus and then just seeing i said wow because elder Winston had already been instrumental in witnessing to me and he was giving me tracts and this and that but i remember all of that and uh, um, i said man that's right because it seemed like i went into a, 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 a trance i don't know if you remember me saying this before but nonetheless that's what happened and I came out of it, and I told Elder Wimson because he already had given his life to the Lord. And it's a long story behind all of that, but I ain't got—we don't have that kind of a time right now to go into those, to those details. But, Amen. I told him, I said, "Man, it's my turn." And when I came up to Deacon Crisman, though the Lord really was humbling me on the way of, and this and that, and that was during Sunday school. And then uh, that evening, you know, I stayed for uh, the service. And the whole church was packed. Deacon Chrisman said, yeah, we had a young man this morning. He was looking over there at me because I was over on this side then. And uh, oh no, I was still in the same, I'm sorry, I was still in the same place. And he said, come on up here, young man, tell the church. And I wasn't the type. <laughs> I mean, I was embarrassed. But I said I wasn't going to do what I did. But I did nonetheless came up. And uh, I remember that 40 years ago that uh, 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 of my salvation. And from then on, I was running. I went to everywhere, telling somebody, my colleagues on the job, my family, friends, everybody that I could. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't in the world because I just got saved. But it was just something about how God saved me and how the spirit was coming over me that uh, uh, this was something that, was brand new to me. And I knew that it was nothing else in my life that could, amen, uh, take the place of what I experienced on that particular day. And so uh, I believe everybody safe do have a testimony in regards to their call, but amen. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but uh, sometimes we get into a, 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 a situation where we are reluctant, amen, to share our faith. Amen. Sometimes we are reluctant or ashamed, we can put that word there, amen, to share our faith. Amen. And uh, 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 you, know, you don't have to raise your hand, but uh, if you don't raise your hand, if I say raise your hand and you don't, that means that everybody was in that boat because ain't none of us in here like an Apostle Paul. The life that he went through, Amen. You know how his life started out, persecuting the church. And he was old in doing that. But he did have a road to the masochist experience. Amen. The question here is that like, uh, uh, if you don't, amen, raise your hand. You're really uh, uh, that type of a person like I was, because I can say that uh, though we had our Sunday school lesson this past in regards to parables and this and that. We all don't want to use the excuse that I don't want to cast my pearls before the swine. And that's an excuse. But, you know, casting your pearls before the the swine is like when you get in a crowd of unbelievers. Naturally, you wouldn't want to do that. But ask the Lord to give you an opportunity for somebody that was in that group that you was dealing with. So you can witness to them. Amen. So unlike Peter... Paul, amen, Uh, where Peter denied the Lord three times, right, in the courtyard. He got to a point where he even was swearing that he didn't know who Jesus was. Paul wasn't like Peter. Amen. (laughs) Philosophical Greeks thought it was foolish to trust in a crucified Savior. First Corinthians two fourteen says this. But the unnatural man, who they are, the philosophical Greeks, or even us, whoever, amen, mankind is, if apart from Christ, is unnatural, right? And he does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually, uh, amen, appraised or discerned, amen. See Paul's convictions. About the importance of the gospel led him to fearlessly proclaim it. Romans 1:1, 1, 1, Paul, amen, was a bondservant of Christ, and he you know he was qualified there. And he was a bona fide apostle. You know, apostle would have to have seen the, have to have a, uh, an assignment. He had to have, amen, uh, uh, have seen the risen Christ, and with some other credentials that he had to have, which none today in the world qualifies. Now you got some folks saying that they were apostles, this and that, but we all an apostle in regards to what? Being what? Sent ones, right? As the commission says go into all the world. So if you go, which is one of the definitions of a sent one, you can kind of call us an apostle, but not on the caliber, amen, or the brevity of a Paul, Peter, or none of those others, amen. But though Paul was uh, uh, like this, amen, he, amen, was uh, Paul's convictions about the importance of the gospel led him to fearlessly proclaim it. Amen. So, amen. In his calling, he was not, he was not ashamed in his calling when it came to sharing the gospel. No fear. He didn't have no embarrassment on his part. Amen. Because when you're out there on your own, amen, you're going to, God is, if you say, God is going to give you what thus said the Lord. Amen. And if it's anything that you can use at the time, you might, you might can go into the scriptures, but you can go into your memory banks of how you came to the Lord and you can share that with somebody. Amen. So in his calling, he was not ashamed. No fear, no embarrassment. The reason for his lack of embarrassment, his lack of embarrassment are these things are important. Amen. Paul was convinced or confident that the gospel was the vehicle. Amen. The gospel was the vehicle of salvation. He knew that man needed to believe it. He knew that man needed to believe in Christ and that they needed the gospel. In order to know what to believe. Now, to qualify that as well, we always gotta have scripture. Somebody said it before and over and over again. I've heard it, and even I used it. Scriptures at least like iron Sharp and iron. scripture supports scripture. So when we look at Romans 10:14, says, How can they, how would they call on him, right? Whom they have not believed. Amen. How would they believe in him whom they have not heard? How would they hear without a preacher? For Paul's sake, John MacArthur said it like this: His sake, Paul's sake, Amen. He had been in prison, Amen, for the gospel. He had in Philippi in uh, in in in, uh, in prison in the gospel in the in Philippi at the time, smoking out of Berea. Well, let me give you the, the, the scripture Acts. If you're writing things down, Acts sixteen twenty three supports Paul being in. Uh, uh, in prison in the gospel, uh, for the gospel in Philippi, Acts 16, 23, and 24. He was chased out of Thessalonica, Acts 17, 10. Then he was smuggled out of Berea, Acts 17, 14. Laughed at, in in 17, 32. Stoned and left a dead in Galatia Acts, Galatia, Acts 14, 19, and regarded as a fool, Amen in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 18, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, and 23. Now, after all of that, the apostle Paul remained, amen, eager to preach the gospel in in Rome, the seat of contemporary political power and pagan religion. Neither ridicule, criticism, nor physical persecution could not keep or curb Paul this brother, from uh, from his boldness to witness, to preach the gospel. None of that. None of these things that would deter him. Amen. And God knew, for some reason, you will wonder, why did God not use some of the disciples in the gospel instead of a Paul? I, I, I'd never know until I go, we get to heaven. But nonetheless, God can use who he wants to use, amen, amen, to carry his word. And he saw the zealousness of Paul, amen, in so doing. So uh, in in Acts, the 19th chapter, chapter 15 through 16, this is after his conversion on the road to Damascus. And this is what it was said. Being a chosen instrument of the Lord before the Gentiles, this is Paul. And the kings of the and the sons of Israel. Jesus said, I will show Paul how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Could y'all excuse me just for a moment? You out there on Zoom as well. I'm gonna need a swig, Jay. I think my water's on thing Yeah, amen. And I think I can keep on going until he comes with that. But he was a chosen instrument, amen. God called him to be a preacher to the Gentiles.
0: Amen. Thank you, brother.
1: Amen. So in Acts 9, 15 to 16, where Jesus said, being a chosen instrument of the Lord before the Gentiles, kings, and the sons of Israel, Jesus said, I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. You know, I always thought uh when uh that was said in, in the book of Acts about Paul's being have to suffer for what uh for Jesus' sake, it's because of what he did in the eighth chapter of Acts to Stephen. Now that's just me. Now I heard somebody else say that before. I think I got that from a, a very good teacher. I think his name was Elder George Williamson. Amen. He told me that. Amen. I remember that, but it couldn't. Yeah, I never did see any. Other, I never did look it up on myself. But I, you know, Paul was standing there, and he had all those uh, uh, other those Jews uh, cloaks, and he and they stoned Stephen to death. And, and, and God said, uh, for my name's sake, he's going to suffer. See, Paul had not received his spiritual office from men, but from God, according to Galatians 11 through 16. You can read that in your leisure. but amen. Just to briefly tell you what it was saying, he wanted to tell the brethren in that particular, in that the gospel that he preached was not according to men. Amen. Mankind had nothing to do with what uh, his call that he received, he received it by revelation of Jesus Christ. They knew his manner of Judaism in his former life, right? How he tried to destroy the church, how he advanced in Judaism of all his contemporaries, right? How God set him apart from his mom's womb and called him through grace to reveal Jesus in him, that he might preach grace to reveal Jesus in him, that he might preach among the Gentiles. He didn't consult flesh and blood. So by virtue of Paul's salvation, right, and his apostolic calling, Paul had been placed by God under obligation to preach the gospel to all men. So I did not see it all of this in my, you know, in regards to the first part of this particular verse 16, the gospel. And it's important. It's important. Amen. God recognizes no human distinctions. Amen. When it comes to the gospel, Paul said he was ready to preach it, amen, to all classes of people. Just like God, God is no respecter of persons, amen, and Paul is not either here. Listen, the gospel that Paul preached was good news of salvation, amen, but more than that, it was the power of God unto salvation, amen. The Greek word translated power is deutamus, amen, which we get from the word dynamite amen, is it was more powerful than a locomotive. It's more powerful than nitroglycerin. It's more powerful than an atom bomb, amen, or a hydrogen bomb. It's this particular power, though he didn't say all of that, that's just me, amen. But it's called divine energy, amen, divine in itself. And, and the gospel has any power. The gospel does, amen, which is the end and effect of the gospel. It's the power of the gospel that saves. It's the power of the gospel that delivers an individual from sin. We all were dead in trespasses and sin at one time. But when you what heard the word, amen, God did something to transform you amen, to, into his image. Amen. He delivered you, called you out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. Every believer went through this process. Amen. There's not one that did not. So the Greek word, we said it was dynamite, which is the end effect. Now, words be amen. Now, I don't never want to pleasurize or anything like that because I'm not all-knowing like God. But God has placed people out in the world like a MacArthur, Donaldson, and some of these others, amen, that are uh, uh, Frederick, 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 Frederick. Good, good good theologians, amen, good writers. I mean, he has put them out there. But if they got something profound to say about a verse, amen, listen to me because this goes for you too. You can look at them when well, you are already, uh, uh, what's it, uh, uh, already know osmosis, what the scriptures are saying. We study, okay? Second Timothy, amen, here, study to show yourself approved, uh, being not ashamed to rightly divine the word of truth. So when you go in and you dig in here, you're not really getting it for just you, You're not doing it, but you're researching resources, researching resources. You're getting this. Amen. So you can teach, so you can preach line upon line, precept upon precept. So this is the way to go about doing it. And this is what I did. So if I'm going to quote something, if I'm going to preach something or say anything, and it's from a writer, I'm going to say, the writer said, not the able to match. Because I'm limited there. So the Greek word, uh, amen, here in regards to power or, or, or dynamite is, is deutimous. Amen. So the fear of Rome, amen, Rome was a powerful force in back during that time. It says Greece might have had its philosophy, but Rome had its power. Amen. The fear of Rome over the entire empire was like a cloud. Amen. Were not the legions of Rome stationed everywhere, that's how it covered everything. It covered over all the known world, and more than likely Macedonia and everything. You know, Rome didn't go all the way over to the east. And when you go all the way over the east, you look at Asia on the map, he didn't, they did not. they did not go all the way. And Paul was not sent that way either in regards to evangelism. Why? I don't know. But he didn't conquer China, amen. But the known world to them was the Mediterranean area, Asia Minor, whatever. And he, they conquered all of that, and they, their allegiance was were all over the place, symbolizing Roman power, amen. So the fear of Rome, amen, was like a cloud. But with all the, her military power. This particular writer that I used said, Rome was still a weak nation. One philosopher, Seneca, called the city of Rome a cesspool of iniquity. The writer, Juvenal, called it a filthy sewer into which the dreads of the empire flood. Now, what were the dreads? They didn't go into, he didn't go into any kind of detail. I think it was the low or the scum of the earth or whatever, I don't know, refuge or whatever. But all of this was, uh, uh, was like a flood in the Roman Empire. So Paul wasn't ashamed to take the gospel to sophisticated Rome. Even though the message had to prove, prove to be a stumbling block, first to who? The Jews, right? And foolishness to the Greeks. First Corinthians 1.23, Paul knew that it was the power of God. Talking about power, now we're talking about gospel. Now we're talking about power in that first verse. Amen. Paul knew that it was the power of God unto salvation and that it entails how God, by his power, saves everyone who believes on his son. His power is extended equal equal to the native Jews and Greeks. Amen. To the Jew first and also to the Greeks does not simply imply, because if we look at that verse one more time where it says that, Uh, to the Jew first, then to the Greek, right? Amen. The important thing is to make sure the Jews is on par with the Gentiles as far as evangelism is concerned. They got to be on the same page, amen, because God is no respecter of person. Amen. Though they said to the Jew first, then to the Gentile, we have to look at it like this, chronologically. The gospel did go to the Jew first, we find it on the day of Pentecost, right, in Acts, the second chapter. Amen. And we've seen it all together in, in the Jewish meetings while they were there on the day of Pentecost. It was all about the Jews. And we find that the Jews were God's what? Chosen people, all in the Old Testament. Amen. And they were assigned by God to bring the whole, as to the, the whole world, to him. They had that assignment. Had been given to them by God what happened? They failed miserably, right? It was all out of line. We see it during Jesus's ministry on earth. They fell out, amen, out of God's will. So Paul said, however, in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas waxed bold, right, and said that the word of God should be have been spoken to you first, you Jews, right? Amen. Seeing that you repudiated it and, and judged for yourselves to be unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. So like I said, because they were Jews, they didn't have no, uh, uh, well, I'm a Jew. I, I'm supposed to get it first thing. No, God so loved who? The world, <laughs> amen. And he was doing this through Christ. But since he won, God did sin, Paul, amen. See, the Jews, like the, even the, the, the Jews had, the covenants, they had the, pro- everything, they had the law, amen, they had all these particulars, even the disciples laid hands, right, not only if it's first, second, or third job, where they touched Jesus, the, 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 the Jewish disciples, they did all of this, they had all kind of what? Privileges, amen, and where was the Gentiles? They were considered as what? Dogs, amen, so, so Paul said, well, but, but, because Paul, he was ministering to the Jews, we find him in, in the synagogues and stuff like that, amen, when he went to a different, in his on his missionary journeys, he did what? He first went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews, trying to tell them about who? Jesus, because he was saved, amen. So they didn't receive that. They did not, they persecuted him. Like I said, we read earlier, whenever he went in some of these areas, he was beat, amen, he was ridiculed. You're going to be that same way if you haven't been done like that yet. Amen. But all who live a godly life is going to do what? Suffer persecution. You're going to go through it too. Seeing that they repudiated, it, that's what Paul said. I'm going to turn to the Gentiles now. And they got jealous of that too. Amen. Later on, they beat him and say, well, you know, they didn't, they didn't like him talking about this Jesus here and there, and you know. But he said it's better for us to obey God than man, right? Amen. So the gospel began in Jerusalem, then spread to Judea. Acts one and eight. You said Jesus gave him the mandate. Going to all the world preaching unto though he gave them the mandate in Luke and, and Mark and Matthew, not John, but in Acts he gave it again before he was ascended up into heaven. So that's our mission, too. That's our that's that's our roadmap and how we advance. So we go to our Judea, Jerusalem, then we go to our Judea, then we go to Samaria. But these were the Jews, right? Amen. These were the uh, Paul and all of them, they went to to theirs first, amen. But uh, it's not to the Jews first, really, amen. It's to all mankind, amen. But they did go just like that, like Jesus told. So, that, that same thing for the Gentiles, we gotta do the same thing, right? Amen. We go to our family, which is our Jerusalem, we go to our Judea, amen. I you want to call out your Judea, maybe your neighbors or your Judea, your extended family, or something like this, but you going. Nonetheless, you are going, amen, which is the mandate to witness, amen, to the lost world. Amen. You're doing that, amen, evangelistically. Amen. So, seeing that you reputed, he said, the gospel began and spread to Judea and uh, the ends of the earth. Amen. They said in one place that uh, the gospel has not really penetrated yet. Amen. And uh, yeah, I think it was a cannibalistic area. I forgot the name of it. Amen. That uh, the gospel had not reached them yet because, amen, they were so. No, it wasn't the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't that. It was, I read this with his brother, had his uh, missionary, and he lived with them. And, and he didn't know their language. He ended up and said, How can I prove what faith is to them? And it wasn't there. But it was Turkey, the nation of Turkey, Amen. You can't go to Turkey today without being persecuted or put in jail or anything. For what? Not because you're an American. For preaching the gospel, they're gonna throw you in jail as soon as they catch you. That's Turkey. So until the whole thing is settled in regards to the whole world, Jesus Christ coming back the second in His second coming. Though He did say in Acts the second chapter. You know, in the second chapter of Acts, third chapter of Acts, he said until the day of refreshing for the Jews, the day of refreshing, right? Refreshing meaning that he, if they were to have believed that Jesus Christ came and died for their sins, repent from him and everything, that he would come and for a time of refreshing, amen, right there. It would be a time of refreshing for them. That means that he and he will send Jesus. But we see what has happened. They, and even in, in the book of Acts, there, that, that did not happen. Amen. So they remained like they are from then from then until now. Though it's going to happen, Jesus is coming back. But he could have came back and set up his millennial kingdom way back over 2,000 years ago. But it didn't happen. And it was based on who? The Jews. They were indicted because they crucified their Messiah. Nonetheless, I'm not on that. So verse 17 says, for it is, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, the righteousness of God. And this is important. This is the thesis. Somebody say, this is the thesis of, of the whole thing, amen, of the book of Romans. Really, the whole Bible, amen. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith, amen. Although the righteousness of God is being revealed is a literal translation. Amen. It should be the righteousness of God because that would be his attribute. God is not going to share his glory with nobody. So you're not going to receive the righteousness. It's not God's righteousness. It's yours. Your righteousness. Amen. As a believer, not as a non-believer, I want to make it clear. A non believer's righteousness is according to Isaiah 64, is what? Filthy rags. Even in uh, uh, Romans 3, it said the same thing. Your righteousness is worthless. Amen. Amen. So something has to happen here. We talked about believing first. Amen. The gospel. Then we talked about salvation. Amen. In that first verse, we talked about salvation. Amen which is deliverance to everyone who believes. Then we talk about how it went to the Jews first, then to the the Greek. So here in this 17th verse, amen, he said, God has revealed it from faith to faith. So how can I receive hmm, uh, the righteousness? Is it just belief just stops right there? How can I receive the righteousness of God? Just believe. Just because I believed in Jesus, is it more to it than that? Amen. You cannot stand before an angry God in your own self righteousness. Amen. It's more to it, even believing that Jesus. It's more to it than just coming to church, y'all. Amen. It's more. It's more to that in all that you do, reading your Bible. It's more to it than all of that. Something has to happen in a spiritual sense to you. Amen. The righteousness that in believing in Christ comes, we call that imputed righteousness. A righteousness that's not your own. A righteousness that's not your own. It's God's righteousness. Amen. Having God's righteousness will get you into glory. Amen. Having God's righteousness would get you in the glory. So he said he's not sharing this particular, his attribute with with anyone, right? God has already said that he would not accept the righteousness of man. Amen. The word righteousness is used in another way over 60 times. I got that from another writer. Amen. Over 60 times in Romans alone. Amen. Words like righteousness, righteous, just, and justified. Justify. How could I be justified? Amen. Amen. The writer went on to say that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. When the death of Jesus Christ, God revealed his righteousness by punishing sin in who? In Jesus. Because if he punished sin in you, Romans 3 26 says that the wages of sin is death. So if he punished sin in me, I'm on the way to a devil's head. So God so loved me that He said, I'm gonna alter this thing for you. Amen. I'm gonna do something else for you. Amen. So I'm gonna put a substitute or make a propitiation for you. Amen. I'm gonna put somebody there that can withstand this thing because I love my masterpiece, which all of us are, his masterpiece of a creation, everybody. And even more so, the born of God. Even more so. The born of God. And this is how God so loved the world. My mission is for the whole world. Amen. To go and try to get them all to go to heaven, right? I'm going, there's a lot of pitfalls here, a lot of persecution going on here while I'm trying to do this. Amen. So he said that righteousness is revealed in the gospel. In the death of Christ, God revealed righteousness by punishing sin. And in the resurrection of Christ, He revealed His righteousness by making salvation of, available to the believing sinner. So once I put my trust in Jesus Christ, just like that, once I put my trust in Jesus, amen, then this thing starts to happen, amen, in regard instantaneously. Because Ephesians 1 13 says and 14. And at the point of belief, God sealed me with the Holy Spirit. I got I got a helper here, amen, which is the dunamis power of God. That helper, amen, because I can't just believe and be saved. In other words, you're terroring for the you're tearing now for what? The Holy Spirit. Because both of them, God the Holy Spirit, God, God the Father planned your salvation. God the Son provided your salvation, and the Holy Spirit supplies it. And you can't have none of them and be saved. You can't have two and not be and be saved. You can't. You can't have one and be saved. You gotta have all three. Because all of them are instrumental in your salvation, in your walk, your life down here. Amen. So justification is giving uh God has given you Jesus's righteousness because you believe that he suffered led, and died and rose again. At that point, he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the only way that you can stand, now you can stand before an angry God. Now you can stand before him. Amen. Before then, amen. Because he said that all have seen and come short of the glory of God. He took your sin, and this is what he did, justifying you, when he was on the cross, he took your sin, and he died for them all, because you couldn't do. It. You died; he died for your sin, so that you can be the righteousness of God, so you can live that saved life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Apart from that, you couldn't do nothing. Amen. So this is a this may be a parallel express, expression that the writer says to everyone who believes. Amen. Paul points that the righteousness of God is completely on the basis of faith. Faith, faith. This is 17th verse. Faith to faith. So how is that working? So it takes faith. By grace, you've been saved through what? Faith. Amen. It's not of yourself. This in the message. Oh, created in Christ Jesus unto good works now. Faith to faith. I don't care what happens. Faith to faith. Amen. For, for, for those that you witness to, amen, they can say faith to faith. Amen. You believe that the seats right here can hold you up. That's faith. But when we go when we go through circumstances and situations and conditions down here as believers, we have to put our faith in the, ob- the object. of our faith would be Jesus. We put our faith in Jesus. Uh, the eleventh chapter of Hebrews, the sixth verse, says, "Without it, is in what possible to please God? Without faith, because you got to believe that He is the object." Of- Amen. You got to believe that. Amen. Then he's going to reward you. Amen. This is a believer. And so it's got to be some holiness involved here. Amen. It got to be some sanctification going on right here. Amen. You just can't just uh, come any kind of way, even as a Christian, even as a Christian. You got to get things right in your life. Amen. And God has given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for you to do that. Yes, and you sometimes we fail miserably because we won't do it, and then we fall into a lot of pitfalls and and have big time problems because we won't do it. We won't do it. And He says, "Do it." Yes, sir. Amen. He said, it uh, says, uh, without holiness." He said, "Be ye holy." Right. That's my verse. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Now, he sanctified you, and you already saved as a believer, because it was genuine when you gave your life. But he sanctified that in heaven. Now, he says, walk in your sanctification. Live that way in your sanctification. Don't give it up. Amen. We have the enemies of the faith, the world, flesh, and the devil. We have a greater he that is in us. To to deal with it, whether the flesh inside or the or the enemies on the outside, the world and the devil, they can't do nothing with the tremendous power of God. Nothing. It says like natural boom. You're blowing them away. You're blowing them away with the power that you have in the Lord. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. And you got to exercise, you got to believe that and to exercise that in your life. Because if you don't do it, you're going to be defeated. Amen. Some of us are in some of these vices out here in Galatians. Some of us are in these vices in Romans, the first chapter. And see, this is going to be continued if I ever get another chance. There's a lot of vices that's going on down here yeah. that the church is involved in. And we need to purge, break up the follow ground, the wine and say, Break it up. Amen. So you can be used of God in these last days. We got to do that. Embrace God, my brothers and sisters. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't. That's that's almost like your lifeblood. Why would you want to be ashamed around somebody who's who's going who are uh, uh, on their way to hell? How can you any any longer live in it? That's what he's talking about sanctification. So let's walk the walk and talk, amen, So, circumspectly in this world, this sin-cursed world. God's going to deal with it, amen. You don't want to be caught up in here, amen, during the tribulation period. Because if you are, that means that everything that you did before the tribulation happened was useless, was nothing. In other words, you was not saved because all all of us that are saved got raptured up out of here and you was left, and then you remember, wow, amen. I remember they was talking about that this would happen one day. Where did everybody go? Amen. I mean, mean, this is real. Where did everybody go? Amen. You come to church. Did we have service? (laughs) Rapture came, y'all. Church gone. Amen. You left here by yourself, but guess what? The Bible didn't get raptured. Get in it, because you just may be one of the ones that will go into the millennial kingdom with Jesus, because He's coming back in seven years, seven literal years. He's coming back, Amen. He's coming back. He's going to. That's his second ministry. He's going to set up the millennial kingdom, and all those who are saved will go in. He's going to put them on his right hand, and the, and the ones that, it ain't, that are not unbelievers are going to be on his left, and he's going to destroy them with the word of his mouth. You don't want to be caught up in none of that. Amen. So now is the time to share your faith with somebody. Share your faith. Tell them. Get into the word and tell them exactly what thus said the Lord. And I pray, amen, in closing right now, not after something else I'm going to say, Amen, in regards to the message, however, invitational-wise, amen. If you heard this message and you are pricked prick to your heart and you want Jesus Christ, you want to be where uh, you, uh, the Lord is telling you in these last days, amen, because you have been embarrassed. You have been ashamed. Amen. There's brethren, amen, here, and to you, even you on the Zoom right now, If you call in, amen, we have those that are in place to help you understand what God's plan of salvation is all about. But He doesn't want you to be scared of the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel, when He said the death, burial, and resurrection, I'm sorry, I thought I wasn't going to go into it, but I got to say this. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. The death meaning that the whole life of Jesus up until the point He died, that's the death. The burial is on that every day, the Jewish calendar says, any part of a day is a whole day. So three days, you got people that argue with you, even in the church, saying that it's not literally, it's a literal three days. No, it's, any, it's the Jewish calendar, not ours. So any part of the day. So Jesus was on good Friday, amen, one day. Jesus was a whole day on the Sabbath, Saturday. And early, right early on Sunday morning, that day was a whole day, Jewish calendar-wise. And that's what the Bible goes by. Amen. So the death, you got to explain that. All of it, you got to explain Jesus to death. He was born to die. He rose at 33 years. All of this, you got to go into detail.
2: First thing I want to say, though, is uh, Elder Mac, uh, you know, he, he's always been a, a fiery brother. Um I can recall when he came back, uh, when he came into my life. I was a a, a young fella. And uh Elder Mac taught me the DAP. And it's not dab, like y'all I'm talking about the DAP, where we he told me all them handshakes and high fives and everything else he came back from the military with. But the other thing that Elder Mac that was interesting about Elder Mac is uh he reminds me of Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the sense that Paul was a fiery person on this side of the cross and on this side of the cross, right? And God used those talents that He was using for other purposes. God just channeled them for His glory, and that was the same thing for Elder Mac. Elder Mac came back, and he was all about unity, and and I remember, you know, he set me down and told me what the um, <laughs> the red black and green was all about red was for the blood we shed black is for the skin we're in and green is for the motherland and I was going around like yeah. <laughs> But now, you know, this brother, he'll go around and he, he was trying to tell everybody to be unified as, 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 as black people. And then on this side of the cross, he's not afraid to go around and say, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. And I still see that same fire in him now. So and I thank God for that. Now, here's the other thing, NLCC Marketplace. So I was just going around and I was just throwing around an ideal to Kelsey. And you gotta be careful when you're doing this with the young folks, because what they do is they will run with it. So it was an ideal in my head, it was already done in hers. So what happened is is I, I had this idea. I said, what if we, and I touched upon this with leadership at one point. I said, what if we just had like a marketplace exclusive for NLCC members, right? And then instead of me going to work saying, hey man, do you know anybody with whatever, whatever, whatever? Or hey man, do you know anybody that needs whatever, whatever, whatever? You know, I said, why don't I do that within my own, Circle at church. I'll give you an example. I, I got a uh, uh, a tablet. I don't use it, right? And, it, and I bought it about a year ago, and I don't use it. So instead of going to ch- uh, to work, saying, "Hey, I got this tablet, man. Do you know anybody that you know needs it? Why don't I just go ahead and have a place exclusively at, on our church for our church." where anybody can look on there and they can see that that tablet is there and it's not like I'm going to try to get rich off of it, right? I'm just going to try to see if it will help someone. So we can give things away there or we can sell it or we can say best offer or whatever. But the point is, is that if you got it just sitting up in your house and it can help somebody, why not communicate that instead of coming to church and then somebody said, man i've been looking for this uh treadmill and i've been i need a treadmill man i just got rid of one i just got rid of one man had i known you see what i'm saying so i'm trying to eliminate that and i said how can we eliminate that type of stuff right and so it was like this NLCC marketplace idea. So it's there now and it's it's there. And if you got anything to post on it, then cool. Here's the thing though, it's for NLCC members. So if anybody is on there that's not a member, then they're gonna be like really, really politely said sorry. You know, this is for members and then a member can connect uh, or get something for someone that may need something, but we're just trying to limit it to members. All right. So that's that. And then the last thing I have is uh, on here is uh, happy Valentine's Day. All right. Happy Valentine's Day and God bless you all.